Social Action, a compilation prepared by the Research Department of the Universal House of Justice, August 2020. Underlying Concepts and Principles, the concept of social and economic development enshrined in the teachings, collective maturity and an ever-advancing civilization, oneness and justice, the role of knowledge, the nature of Baha'i social and economic development. Coherence between the material and spiritual dimensions of existence. Capacity building, participation, and organic growth. The emergence of social action. Community development and the movement of populations. Methods and approaches. Learning and systematic action, consultation and collaboration utilizing material means. Selected themes pertaining to social and economic development. Education, agriculture, economics, health, arts, media, and technology. Underlying concepts and principles. The concept of social and economic development enshrined in the teachings. Promote ye the development of the cities of God and his countries, and glorify him therein in the joyous accents of his well-favored ones. In truth, the hearts of men are edified through the power of the tongue, even as houses and cities are built up by the hand and other means. We have assigned to every end a means for its accomplishment. Avail yourself thereof and place your trust and confidence in God, the omniscient, the all-wise. Baha'u'llah, the Kitabi Akdas, paragraph 160. Excerpt 1. This is the second excerpt. Is not the object of every revelation to effect a transformation in the whole character of mankind, a transformation that shall manifest itself both outwardly and inwardly, that shall affect both its inner life and external conditions? Baha'u'llah, the Kitabi Egon, page 169. 3. That which hath streamed forth from the most exalted pen is conducive to the glory, the advancement, and education of all the peoples and kindreds of the earth. Indeed, it is the sovereign remedy for every disease, could they but comprehend and perceive it. Baha'u'llah, Tablets of Baha'u'llah Revealed After the Kitabi Akdas, page 73. 4. O people of God, give ear unto that which, if heeded, will ensure the freedom, well-being, tranquility, exaltation, and advancement of all men. Baha'u'llah, Tablets, page 92. 5. Unveiled and unconcealed, this wronged one hath at all times proclaimed before the face of all the peoples of the world that which will serve as the key for unlocking the doors of sciences, of arts, of knowledge, of well-being, of prosperity and wealth. Baha'u'llah, Tablets, page 96. 6. 
The progress of the world, the development of nations, the tranquility of peoples, and the peace of all who dwell on earth are among the principles and ordinances of God. Religion bestoweth upon man the most precious of all gifts, offereth the cup of prosperity, imparteth eternal life, and showereth imperishable benefits upon mankind. Baha'u'llah, Tablets, page 129-130. 7. God, the True One, beareth me witness, and every atom in existence is moved to testify that such means as leads to the elevation, the advancement, the education, the protection, and the regeneration of the peoples of the earth have been clearly set forth by us and are revealed in the holy books and tablets by the pen of glory. Baha'u'llah, Tablets, page 130. 8. That one indeed is a man who today dedicateth himself to the service of the entire human race. The great being saith, Blessed and happy is he that ariseth to promote the best interests of the peoples and kindreds of the earth. Baha'u'llah, Tablets, page 167. 9. This servant appealeth to every diligent and enterprising soul to exert his utmost endeavor and arise to rehabilitate the conditions in all regions and to quicken the dead with the living waters of wisdom and utterance. By virtue of the love he cherisheth for God, the One, the Peerless, the Almighty, the Beneficent. Baha'u'llah, Tablets, page 172. Every age hath its own problem, and every soul its particular aspiration. The remedy the world needeth in its present-day afflictions can never be the same as that which a subsequent age may require. Be anxiously concerned with the needs of the age ye live in and center your deliberations on its exigencies and requirements. Baha'u'llah, the Tabernacle of Unity. Paragraph 1.4 11. It behooveth the loved ones of God to occupy themselves under all conditions with that which is conducive to the edification of human souls, the advancement of the world of being, and the exaltation of the word of God, the realization of which dependeth upon the deliberations of the trustees of the house of justice. Well is it with them that strive to render service to the world of humanity. The influence of these souls will lead the world from hardship to comfort, from poverty to wealth, and from abasement to glory. Baha'u'llah from a tablet, translated from the Persian. 12. Once in session, it behooveth them to converse on behalf, on behalf of God's servants upon the affairs and interests of all. In like manner, they should consider such matters as the refinement of manners, the preservation of human dignity, the development of cities, and the polity which God hath made a bulwark for his lands and a fortress for his people. Baha'u'llah from a tablet translated from the Persian. 13. 
God has given us eyes that we may look about us at the world and lay hold of whatsoever will further civilization and the arts of living. He has given us ears that we may hear and profit by the wisdom of scholars and philosophers and arise to promote and practice it. Senses and faculties have been bestowed upon us to be devoted to the service of the general good, so that we, distinguished above all other forms of life for perceptiveness and reason, should labor at all times and along all lines, whether the occasion be great or small, ordinary or extraordinary, until all mankind are safely gathered into the impregnable stronghold of knowledge. We should continually be establishing new bases for human happiness and creating and promoting new instrumentalities toward this end. How excellent, how honorable is man if he arises to fulfill his responsibilities. How wretched and contemptible if he shuts his eyes to the welfare of society and wastes his precious life in pursuing his own selfish interests and personal advantages. Supreme happiness is man's. And he beholds the signs of God in the world and in the human soul if he urges on the steed of high endeavor in the arena of civilization and justice. Abdu'l-Bahá, The Secret of Divine Civilization, pages 4 and 5. 14. Exert every effort in the fields of development and of civilization, in the acquisition of knowledge, the increase of trade, the improvement of agriculture, and the promotion of modern discoveries. Abdu'l-Bahá, from a tablet, translated from the Persian. 15. Guide and counsel at all times the friends of God, one and all to be occupied day and night with that which is conducive to Iran's abiding glory and to exert the utmost effort and the greatest endeavor in order to refine character and manners, labor assiduously, aim for lofty goals, promote love and affection, and foster the progress and development of industry, agriculture, and trade. Abdu'l-Bahá from a tablet translated from the Persian. 16. The friends must engage in the work of developing Persia. That is, they must exert great efforts in the promotion of agriculture, industry, trade, education, arts, and sciences. Abdu'l-Bahá from a tablet, translated from the Persian. 17. And now, in gratitude for the assistance, confirmation, protection, and loving-kindness vouchsafed by the all-glorious Lord, the beloved of God must, with great wisdom, strive to strengthen the pillars of the cause of God, to establish and promote the religion of God, to, to diffuse the fragrances of God, and to exalt the word of God. They must exert every effort for the advancement of the souls in all stages of existence. They must educate the children and teach them useful arts, reach ever higher degrees of civilization, multiply national crafts and industries, promote trade, improve agriculture, provide learning for all, educate women and honor them, and show consideration for the handmaidens of God. 
They must strive with heart and soul to create love and unity among the friends, to serve the government, and to be true to the royal throne, the well-wishers of everyone, and obedient to the valiant sovereign. Abdu'l-Baha from a tablet translated from the Persian. 18. The matter of teaching, its direction, its ways and means, its extension, its consolidation, essential as they are to the interests of the cause, constitute by no means the only issue which should receive the full attention of these assemblies. A careful study of Baha'u'llah's and Abdu'l-Baha's tablets will reveal that other duties, no less vital to the interests of the cause, devolve upon the elected representatives of the friends in every locality. They must do their utmost to extend at all times the helping hand to the poor, the sick, the disabled, the orphan, the widow, irrespective of color, caste, and creed. They must promote by every means in their power the material as well as the spiritual enlightenment of youth, the means for the education of children, institute whenever possible Baha'i educational institutions, organize and supervise their work and provide the best means for their progress and development. They must undertake the arrangement of the regular meetings of the friends, the feasts and the anniversaries, as well as the special gatherings designed to serve and promote the social, intellectual, and spiritual interests of their fellow men. Shoghi Effendi from a letter dated 12 March 1923 in Baha'i Administration, Selected Messages, 1922 to 1932, pages 37-38. 19. From the beginning of his stupendous mission, Baha'u'llah urged upon the attention of nations the necessity of ordering human affairs in such a way as to bring into being a world unified in all the essential aspects of its life. In unnumbered verses and tablets, he repeatedly and variously declared the progress of the world and the development of nations as being among the ordinances of God for this day. The oneness of mankind, which is at once the operating principle and ultimate goal of his revelation, implies the achievement of a dynamic coherence between the spiritual and practical requirements of life on earth. The indispensability of this coherence is unmistakably illustrated in his ordination of the Mashokal Azkar, the spiritual center of every Baha'i community, round which must flourish dependencies dedicated to the social, humanitarian, educational, and scientific advancement of mankind. Thus, we can readily appreciate that although it has hitherto been impracticable, for Baha'i institutions generally to emphasize development activities, the concept of social and economic development is enshrined in the sacred teachings of our faith. The beloved master, through his illuminating words and deeds, set the example for the application of this concept to the reconstruction of society. Witness, for instance, what social and economic progress the Iranian believers attained under his loving guidance and subsequently with the unfailing encouragement of the guardian of the cause. The Universal House of Justice, 
from a message dated 20 October 1983 to the Baha'is of the world. 20. Abdu'l-Baha has extolled two calls to success and prosperity that can be heard from the heights of the happiness of mankind. One is the call of civilization, of progress to the material world. It comprises the laws, regulations, arts, and sciences through which humanity develops. The other is the soul-stirring call of God, on which depends the eternal happiness of humanity. This second call, the Master has explained, is founded upon the instructions and exhortations of the Lord and the admonitions and altruistic emotions belonging to the realm of morality, which, like unto a brilliant light, brighten and illumine the lamp of the realities of mankind. Its penetrative power is the word of God. As you continue to labor in your clusters, you will be drawn further and further into the life of the society around you, and will be challenged to extend the process of systematic learning in which you are engaged to encompass a growing range of human endeavors. In the approaches you take, the methods you adopt, and the instruments you employ, you will need to achieve the same degree of coherence that characterizes the pattern of growth presently underway. The Universal House of Justice, Rizvan, 2008 Message to the Baha'is of the World. 21. The term politics can have a broad meaning, and therefore it is important to distinguish between partisan political activity and the discourse and action intended to bring about constructive social change. While the former is proscribed, the latter is enjoined. Indeed, a central purpose of the Baha'i community is social transformation. Abdu'l-Baha's treatise, The Secret of Divine Civilization, amply demonstrates the faith's commitment to promoting social change without entering into the arena of partisan politics. So, too, innumerable passages in the Baha'i writings encourage the believers to contribute to the betterment of the world. Be anxiously concerned with the needs of the age ye live in, Baha'u'llah states, and center your deliberations on its exigencies and requirements. Abdu'l-Baha urges the friends to become distinguished in all the virtues of the human world, for faithfulness and sincerity, for justice and fidelity, for firmness and steadfastness, for philanthropic deeds and service to the human world, for love toward every human being and for unity and accord with all people, for removing prejudices and promoting international peace. Further, in a letter written on his behalf, Shoghi Effendi explains that much as the friends must guard against in any way seeming to identify themselves or the cause with any political party, they must also guard against the other extreme of never taking part with other progressive groups in conferences or committees designed to promote some activity in entire accord with our teachings. In another letter written on his behalf in 1948, when racial inequality was enshrined in the laws of many states in the United States. He indicated that there is no objection at all to the students taking part in something so obviously akin to the spirit of our teachings as a campus demonstration against race prejudice. Baha'is must, therefore, be tireless in addressing, through word and deed, a range of social issues.
from a letter dated 23 December 2008, written on behalf of the Universal House of Justice to an individual believer. Collective maturity and an ever-advancing civilization. 22. All men have been created to carry forward an ever-advancing civilization. Baha'u'llah, gleanings from the writings of Baha'u'llah. Section CIX, paragraph 2. 23. All men have been called into being for the betterment of the world. It behooveth every soul to arise and serve his brethren for the sake of God. Baha'u'llah, the Tabernacle of Unity, paragraph 2.42. 24. And the honor and distinction of the individual consist in this, that he among all the world's multitudes should become a source of social good. Is any larger bounty conceivable than this, that an individual looking within himself should find that by the confirming grace of God he has become the cause of peace and well-being, of happiness and advantage to his fellow men? No, by the one true God, there is no greater bliss, no more complete delight. Abdu'l-Bahá, The Secret of Divine Civilization, page 3. 25. O namesake of the chaste one, the sea of bounty hath surged so high as to flood the shores of existence with the waters of infinite grace. The world of being hath therefore been set in wondrous motion and hath been revived and blessed. Minds have soared to new heights, understanding hath increased, movement hath become rapid, and progress hath become powerfully evident in all aspects of life. Thus great discoveries have been made, mighty enterprises have been established, Wonderful inventions have appeared, and the mysteries of the universe have stepped forth from the invisible plane into the realm of the visible. Wherefore must the friends, one and all, exhibit a signal effort to create a new invention, discover a new science, engage in a great enterprise, or manifest a power or a bestowal in the human world. I beseech God that thou mayest be assisted and confirmed under all conditions." The glory of glories rest upon thee. Abdu'l-Bahá from a tablet translated from the Persian. 26. All created things have their degree or stage of maturity. The period of maturity in the life of a tree is the time of its fruit bearing. The maturity of a plant is the time of its blossoming and flower. The animal attains a stage of full growth and completeness, and in the human kingdom man reaches his maturity when the lights of intelligence have their greatest power and development. Similarly, there are periods and stages in the life of the aggregate world of humanity, which at one time was passing through its degree of childhood, at another its time of youth, but now has entered its long presaged period of maturity the evidences of which are everywhere visible and apparent. Therefore, the requirements and conditions of former periods have changed, 
and merged into exigencies which distinctly characterize the present age of the world of mankind. That which was applicable to human needs during the early history of the race could neither meet nor satisfy the demands of this day and period of newness and consummation. Humanity has emerged from its former degrees of limitation and preliminary training. Man must now become imbued with new virtues and powers, new moralities, new capacities. New bounties, bestowals, and perfections are awaiting and already descending upon him. The gifts and graces of the period of youth, although timely and sufficient during the adolescence of the world of mankind, are now incapable of meeting the requirements of its maturity. Abdu'l-Bahá, The Promulgation of Universal Peace, pages 617, 618. 27. The heights, Baha'u'llah himself testifies, which, through the most gracious favor of God, mortal man can attain in this day, are as yet unrevealed to his sight. The world of being hath never had, nor doth it yet possess, the capacity for such a revelation. The day, however, is approaching when the potentialities of so great a favor will, by virtue of his behest, be manifested unto men. For the revelation of so great a favor, a period of intense turmoil and widespread suffering would seem to be indispensable. Resplendent as has been the age that has witnessed the inception of the mission with which Baha'u'llah has been entrusted, the interval which must elapse ere that age yields its choicest fruit must, it is becoming increasingly apparent, be overshadowed by such moral and social gloom as can alone prepare an unrepentant humanity for the prize she is destined to inherit. Into such a period we are now steadily and irresistibly moving. Amidst the shadows which are increasingly gathering about us, we can faintly discern the glimmerings of Baha'u'llah's unearthly sovereignty appearing fitfully on the horizon of history. To us, the generation of the half-light, living at a time which may be designated as the period of the incubation of the world commonwealth envisaged by Baha'u'llah, has been assigned a task whose high privilege we can never sufficiently appreciate, and the arduousness of which we can as yet but dimly recognize. We may well believe, we who are called upon to experience the operation of the dark forces destined to unloose a flood of agonizing afflictions, that the, dar that the darkest hour that must precede the dawn of the golden age of our faith has not yet struck. Deep as is the gloom that already encircles the world, the afflictive ordeals which that world is to suffer are still in preparation, nor can their blackness be as yet imagined. We stand on the threshold of an age whose convulsions proclaim alike the death pangs of the old order and the birth pangs of the new. Through the generating influence of the faith announced by Baha'u'llah, this new world order may be said to have been conceived. We can, at the present moment, 
experience its stirrings in the womb of a travailing age, an age waiting for the appointed hour at which it can cast its burden and yield its fairest fruit. Shogi Effendi, from a letter dated 11 March 1936, in the World Order of Baha'u'llah Selected Letters, pages 168 and 169. 28. As we view the world around us, we are compelled to observe the manifold evidences of that universal fermentation, which in every continent of the globe and in every department of human life, be it religious, social, economic, or political, is purging and reshaping humanity in anticipation of the day when the wholeness of the human race will have been recognized and its unity established. A twofold process, however, can be distinguished, each tending in its own way and with an accelerated momentum to bring to a climax the forces that are transforming the face of our planet. The first is essentially an integrating process, while the second is fundamentally disruptive. The former, as it steadily evolves, unfolds a system which may well serve as a pattern for that world polity towards which a strangely disordered world is continually advancing, while the latter, as its disintegrating influence deepens, tends to tear down with increasing violence the antiquated barriers that seek to block humanity's progress towards its destined goal. The constructive process stands associated with the nascent faith of Baha'u'llah, and is the harbinger of, of the new world order that, that faith must ere long establish. The destructive forces that characterize the other should be identified with a civilization that has refused to answer to the expectation of a new age and is consequently falling into chaos and decline. Shoghi Effendi, from a letter dated 11 March 1936, in the World Order of Baha'u'llah, page 170. 29. The long ages of infancy and childhood, through which the human race had to pass, have receded into the background. Humanity is now experiencing the commotions invariably associated with the most turbulent stage of its evolution, the stage of adolescence. When the impetuosity of youth and its vehemence reach their climax, and must gradually be superseded by the calmness and the wisdom and the maturity that characterizes the stage of manhood. Then will the human race reach that stature of ripeness, which will enable it to acquire all the powers and capacities upon which its ultimate development must depend. Shoghi Effendi, World Order, page 202. Thirty. Of the principles enshrined in these tablets, the most vital of them all is the principle of the oneness and wholeness of the human race, which may well be regarded as the hallmark of Baha'u'llah's revelation and the pivot of his teachings. We verily, he declares, have come to unite and weld together all that dwell on earth. So potent is the light of unity, he further states, that it can illuminate the whole earth. 
Unity, he states, is the goal that excelleth every goal and an aspiration which is the monarch of all aspirations. The world, he proclaims, is but one country and mankind its citizens. He further affirms that the unification of mankind, the last stage in the evolution of humanity towards maturity, is inevitable. That soon will the present-day order be rolled up and a new one spread out in its stead. That the whole earth is now in a state of pregnancy. That the day is approaching when it will have yielded its noblest fruits, when from it will have sprung forth the loftiest trees, the most enchanting blossoms, the most heavenly blessings. He deplores the defectiveness of the prevailing order, exposes the inadequacy of patriotism as a directing and controlling force in human society, and regards the love of mankind and service to its interest as the worthiest and most laudable objects of human endeavor. Shoghi Effendi, God Passes By, pages 343-344. 31. Inseparable from the Baha'i perspective on politics is a particular conception of history, its course and direction. Humanity, it is the firm conviction of every follower of Baha'u'llah, is approaching today the crowning stage in a millennia-long process which has brought it from its collective infancy to the threshold of maturity, a stage that will witness the unification of the human race. Not unlike the individual who passes through the unsettled yet promising period of adolescence, during which latent powers and capacities come to light, humankind as a whole is in the midst of an unprecedented transition. Behind so much of the turbulence and commotion of contemporary life are the fits and starts of a humanity struggling to come of age. Widely accepted practices and conventions, cherished attitudes and habits, are one by one being rendered obsolete as the imperatives of maturity begin to assert themselves. Baha'is are encouraged to see in the revolutionary changes taking place in every sphere of life the interaction of two fundamental processes. One is destructive in nature, while the other is integrative. Both serve to carry humanity, each in its own way, along the path leading towards its full maturity. The operation of the former is everywhere apparent, in the vicissitudes that have afflicted time-honored institutions, in the impotence of leaders at all levels to mend the fractures appearing in the structure of society, in the dismantling of social norms that have long held in check unseemly passions, and in the despondency and indifference exhibited not only by individuals but also by entire societies that have lost any vital sense of purpose. Though devastating in their effects, the forces of disintegration tend to sweep away barriers that block humanity's progress, opening space for the process of integration to draw diverse groups together and disclosing new opportunities for cooperation and collaboration. Baha'is, of course, strive to align themselves individually and collectively with forces associated with the process of integration, which they are confident will continue to gain in strength 
no matter how bleak the immediate horizons. Human affairs will be utterly reorganized and an era of universal peace inaugurated. Animating the Baha'i effort to discover the nature of a new set of relationships among these three protagonists, the individual, the institutions, and the community, is a vision of a future society that derives inspiration from the analogy drawn by Baha'u'llah in a tablet penned nearly a century and a half ago, which compares the world to the human body. Cooperation is the principle that governs the functioning of that system. Just as the appearance of the rational soul in this realm of existence is made possible through the complex association of countless cells, whose organization in tissues and organs allows for the realization of distinctive capacities, so can civilization be seen as the outcome of a set of interactions among closely integrated, diverse components which have transcended the narrow purpose of tending to their own existence. And just as the viability of every cell and every organ is contingent upon the health of the body as a whole, so should the prosperity of every individual, every family, every people be sought in the well-being of the entire human race. The Universal House of Justice in a message dated 2 March 2013 to the Baha'is of Iran. Oneness and Justice Number 32. The light of men is justice. Quench it not with the contrary winds of oppression and tyranny. The purpose of justice is the appearance of unity among men. Shut your eyes to estrangement. Then fix your gaze upon unity. Cleave tenaciously unto that which will lead to the well-being and tranquility of all mankind. This span of earth is but one homeland and one habitation. It behooveth you to abandon vainglory, which causeth alienation, and to set your hearts on whatever will ensure harmony. Baha'u'llah, Tablets of Baha'u'llah Revealed After the kitab e Pages 66 to 68. 33. The great being saith, O well-beloved ones, the tabernacle of unity hath been raised. Regard ye not one another as strangers. Ye are the fruits of one tree and the leaves of one branch. We cherish the hope that the light of justice may shine upon the world and sanctify it from tyranny. If the rulers and kings of the earth, the symbols of the power of God, exalted be his glory, arise and resolve to dedicate themselves to whatever will promote the highest interests of the whole of humanity, the reign of justice will assuredly be established amongst the children of men, and the effulgence of its light will envelop the whole earth. There is no force on earth that can equal in its conquering power the force of justice and wisdom. I verily affirm that there is not and hath never been a host more mighty than that of justice and wisdom.
there can be no doubt whatever that if the day star of justice, which the clouds of tyranny have obscured, were to shed its light upon men, the face of the earth would be completely transformed. Baha'u'llah, Tablets of Baha'u'llah Revealed After the kitab i Akdas, pages 164-165. 34. We entreat God to deliver the light of equity and the Son of Justice from the thick clouds of waywardness and cause them to shine forth upon men. No light can compare with the light of justice. The establishment of order in the world and the tranquility of the nations depend upon it. Baha'u'llah Epistle to the Son of the Wolf, pages 28-29. 35. The second attribute of perfection is justice and impartiality. This means to have no regard for one's own personal benefits and selfish advantages and to carry out the laws of God without the slightest concern for anything else. It means to see one's self as only one of the servants of God, the all-possessing, and except for aspiring to spiritual distinction, never attempting to be singled out from the others. It means to consider the welfare of the community as one's own. It means, in brief, to regard humanity as a single individual and one's own self as a member of that corporeal form, and to know of a certainty that if pain or injury aff afflicts any member of that body, it must inevitably result in suffering for all the rest. Abdu'l-Baha, The Secret of Divine Civilization, Paragraph 71 36. O ye beloved of God, know ye verily that the happiness of mankind lieth in the unity and the harmony of the human race and that spiritual and material developments are conditioned upon love and amity among all men. Abdu'l-Baha, Selections from the Writings of Abdu'l-Baha Number 225.10 37. O well-wisher of the world of humanity, praise be God that thine intention was good, that thou didst acquire knowledge and learning, and that thy wish is to engage in service to the peoples of the world. I beseech God that thou mayest succeed in this purpose, and mayest manifest that which lieth concealed within thy heart. In the world of creation, good intentions are of two kinds. One kind is particular and aimed at specific people, this is limited, and its scope is extremely narrow. The other kind is directed towards all created things. It is all-pervading and extensive in range. Whatsoever is undertaken for the sake of the universal good is of God. Therefore, undertakings that relate somewhat to the general good may be accomplished among civilized nations, but the only thing that is directed wholly towards the general good is the word of God 
and divine wisdom. This is the power which can affect a fundamental change and transformation in the world of being. This force is creative. It is generative and revitalizing and bringing forth a new creation. Exert thine utmost endeavor, therefore, in pursuing that which will be the cause of progress of the world of humanity and will lead to perpetual exaltation and eternal life. Upon thee be greetings and praise. Abdu'l-Baha from a tablet translated from the Persian. 38. Let there be no mistake. The principle of the oneness of mankind, the pivot round which all the teachings of Baha'u'llah revolve, is no mere outburst of ignorant emotionalism or an expression of vague and pious hope. Its message is applicable not only to the individual, but concerns itself primarily with the nature of those essential relationships that must bind all the states and nations as members of one human family. It does not constitute merely the enunciation of an ideal, but stands inseparably associated with an institution adequate to embody its truth, demonstrate its validity, and perpetuate its influence. It implies an organic change in the structure of present-day society, a change such as the world has not yet experienced. It constitutes a challenge, at once bold and universal, to outworn shibboleths of national creeds, creeds that have had their day and which must, in the ordinary course of events as shaped and controlled by providence, give way to a new gospel fundamentally different from and infinitely superior to what the world has already conceived. It calls for no less than the reconstruction and the demilitarization of the whole civilized world, a world organically unified in all the essential aspects of its life, its political machinery, its spiritual aspiration, its trade and finance, its script and language, and yet infinite in the diversity of the national characteristics of its federated units. Shoghi Effendi, from a letter dated 28 November 1931, in the World Order of Baha'u'llah, pages 42-43. 39. Their faith they conceive to be essentially non-political, supranational in character, rigidly nonpartisan, and entirely dissociated from nationalistic ambitions, pursuits, and purposes. Such a faith knows no division of class or of party. It subordinates without hesitation or equivocation every particularistic interest, be it personal, regional, or national to the paramount interests of humanity, firmly convinced that in a world of interdependent peoples and nations, the advantage of the part is best to be reached by the advantage of the whole, and that no abiding benefit can be conferred upon the component parts if the general interests of the entity itself are ignored or neglected.
Shoghi Effendi from a letter dated 11 March 1936 in the World Order of Baha'u'llah, page 198. 40. Unification of the whole of mankind is the hallmark of the stage which human society is now approaching. Unity of family, of tribe, of city-state, and nation have been successively attempted and fully established. World unity is the goal towards which a harassed humanity is striving. Nation-building has come to an end. The anarchy inherent in state sovereignty is moving towards a climax. A world growing to maturity must abandon this fetish, recognize the oneness and wholeness of human relationships, and establish once for all the machinery that can best incarnate this fundamental principle of its life. Shoghi Effendi from a letter dated 11 March 1936 in the World Order of Baha'u'llah, page 202. 41. Unbridled nationalism, as distinguished from a sane and legitimate patriotism, must give way to a wider loyalty, to the love of humanity as a whole. Baha'u'llah's statement is, the earth is but one country and mankind its citizens. The concept of world citizenship is a direct result of the contraction of the world into a single neighborhood through scientific advances and of the indisputable interdependence of nations. Love of all the world's peoples does not exclude love of one's country. The advantage of the part in a world society is best served by promoting the advantage of the whole. The Universal House of Justice from a message dated October 1985 to the peoples of the world. 42. Not only are humanity's talents and capacities shared by all its members, but its problems and afflictions likewise ultimately affect all. Whether in sickness or health, the human family constitutes a single species, and the condition of any part of it cannot be intelligently considered in isolation from this systemic oneness. As the present state of the world illustrates all too clearly, attempts by the leadership of society to proceed otherwise is merely to exacerbate the problems. From a letter dated 27 November 2001, written on behalf of the Universal House of Justice to an individual believer. 43. Penetrating indeed is Shoghi Effendi's depiction of the process of disintegration accelerating in the world. Equally striking is the accuracy with which he analyzed the forces associated with the process of integration. He spoke of a gradual diffusion of the spirit of world solidarity, which is spontaneously arising out of the welter of a disorganized society. As an indirect manifestation of Baha'u'llah's conception of the principle of the oneness of humankind, 
This spirit of solidarity has continued to spread over the decades. And today its effect is apparent in a range of developments from the rejection of deeply ingrained racial prejudices to the dawning consciousness of world citizenship. From heightened environmental awareness to collaborative efforts in the promotion of public health. From the concern for human rights to the systematic pursuit of universal education. From the establishment of interfaith activities to the efflorescence of hundreds of thousands of local, national, and international organizations engaged in some form of social action. The Universal House of Justice, Rizvan 2006 message to the Baha'is of the world. 44. The organized endeavors of the Baha'i community in these areas are reinforced by the diverse initiatives of individual believers working in various fields as volunteers, professionals, and experts to contribute to social change. The distinctive nature of their approach is to avoid conflict and the contest for power while striving to unite people in the search for underlying moral and spiritual principles and for practical measures that can lead to the just resolution of the problems afflicting society. Baha'is perceive humanity as a single body. All are inseparably bound to one another. A social order structured to meet the needs of one group at the expense of another results in injustice and oppression. Instead, the best interest of each component part is achieved by considering its needs in the context of the well-being of the whole. From a letter dated 23 December 2008, written on behalf of the Universal House of Justice to an individual believer. 45. As you know from your study of the Baha'i writings, the principle that is to infuse all facets of organized life on the planet is the oneness of humankind, the hallmark of the age of maturity. That humanity constitutes a single people is a truth that, once viewed with skepticism, claims widespread acceptance today. The rejection of deeply ingrained prejudices and a growing sense of world citizenship are among the signs of this heightened awareness. Yet, however promising the rise in collective consciousness may be, it should be seen as only the first step of a process that will take decades, nay centuries, to unfold. For the principle of the oneness of humankind, as proclaimed by Baha'u'llah, asks not merely for cooperation among people and nations. It calls for a complete reconceptualization of the relationships that sustain society. The deepening environmental crisis, driven by a system that condones the pillage of natural resources to satisfy an insatiable thirst for more, suggests how entirely inadequate is the present conception of humanity's relationship with nature. The deterioration of the home environment with the accompanying rise in the systematic exploitation of women and children worldwide 
makes clear how pervasive are the misbegotten notions that define relations within the family unit. The persistence of despotism, on the one hand, and the increasing disregard for authority on the other, reveal how unsatisfactory to a maturing humanity is the current relationship between the individual and the institutions of society. The concentration of material wealth in the hands of a minority of the world's population gives an indication of how fundamentally ill-conceived are relationships among the many sectors of what is now an emerging global community. The principle of the oneness of humankind implies then an organic change in the very structure of society. The Universal House of Justice, from a message dated 2 March 2013 to the Baha'is of Iran. 46. Though world unity is possible, nay inevitable, it ultimately cannot be achieved without unreserved acceptance of the oneness of humankind, described by the Guardian as the pivot round which all the teachings of Baha'u'llah revolve. With what insight and eloquence did he expound upon the far-reaching implications of this cardinal principle? Plainly, he saw, amidst the turbulence of world affairs, how the reality that humanity is one people must be the starting point for a new order. The vast array of relations among nations, and within them, all need to be re-envisaged in this light. The realization of such a vision will require, sooner or later, an historical feat of statesmanship from the leaders of the world. Alas, the will to attempt this feat is still wanting. Humanity is gripped by a crisis of identity. As various peoples and groups struggle to define themselves, their place in the world, and how they should act. Without a vision of shared identity and common purpose, they fall into competing ideologies and power struggles. Seemingly countless permutations of us and them define group identities ever more narrowly and in contrast to one another. Over time, this splintering into divergent interest groups has weakened the cohesion of society itself. Rival conceptions about the primacy of a particular people are peddled to the exclusion of the truth that humanity is on a common journey in which all are protagonists. Consider how radically different such a fragmented conception of human identity is from the one that follows from a recognition of the oneness of humanity. In this perspective, the diversity that characterizes the human family, far from contradicting its oneness, endows it with richness. Unity, in its Baha'i expression, contains the essential concept of diversity, distinguishing it from uniformity. It is through love for all people, and by subordinating lesser loyalties to the best interests of humankind that the unity of the world can be realized 
and the infinite expressions of human diversity find their highest fulfillment. The Universal House of Justice from a message dated 18 January 2019 to the Baha'is of the world. The Role of Knowledge Number 47 Knowledge is one of the wondrous gifts of God. It is incumbent upon everyone to acquire it. Such arts and material means as are now manifest, have been achieved by virtue of his knowledge and wisdom, which have been revealed in epistles and tablets through his most exalted pen, a pen out of whose treasury pearls of wisdom and utterance and the arts and crafts of the world are brought to light. Baha'u'llah, Tablets of Baha'u'llah Revealed After the kitab e page 39. 48. Knowledge is as wings to man's life, and a ladder for his ascent. Its acquisition is incumbent upon everyone. The knowledge of such sciences, however, should be acquired as can profit the peoples of the earth, and not those which begin with words and end with words. In truth, Knowledge is a veritable treasure for man and a source of glory, of bounty, of joy, of exaltation, of cheer and gladness unto him. Baha'u'llah, Tablets of Baha'u'llah Revealed After the kitab e Akdas, pages 51 and 52. 49. The great being saith, the learned of the day must direct the people to acquire those branches of knowledge which are of use, that both the learned themselves and the generality of mankind may derive benefits therefrom. Such academic pursuits as begin and end in words alone have never been and will never be of any worth. Baha'u'llah, Tablets of Baha'u'llah, Page 169. 50. In this day, the choicest fruit of the tree of knowledge is that which serveth the welfare of humanity and safeguardeth its interests. Baha'u'llah, the Tabernacle of Unity, number 1.16. 51. Strain every nerve to acquire both inner and outer perfections. For the fruit of the human tree hath ever been and will ever be perfections both within and without. It is not desirable that a man be left without knowledge or skills, for he is then but a barren tree. Then so much as capacity and capability allow Ye needs must deck the tree of being with fruits such as knowledge, wisdom, spiritual perception, and eloquent speech. Baha'u'llah from a tablet translated from the Persian. 52. Every branch of learning, conjoined with the love of God, is approved and worthy of praise. 
But bereft of his love, learning is barren. Indeed, it bringeth on madness. Every kind of knowledge, every science is as a tree, if the fruit of it be the love of God. Then is it a blessed tree, but if not, that tree is but dried up wood and shall only feed the fire. Abdu'l-Baha, Selections from the Writings of Abdu'l-Baha, number 154.3. 53. Make every effort to acquire the advanced knowledge of the day, and strain every nerve to carry forward the divine civilization. Abdu'l-Baha from a tablet translated from the Persian. 54. Good behavior and high moral character must come first. For unless the character be trained, acquiring knowledge will only prove injurious. Knowledge is praiseworthy when it is coupled with ethical conduct and virtuous character. Otherwise, it is a deadly poison, a frightful danger. A physician of evil character and who betrayeth his trust can bring on death and become the source of numerous infirmities and diseases. Abdu'l-Baha from a tablet translated from the Persian. 55. The harder they strive to widen the scope of their knowledge, the better and more gratifying will be the result. Let the loved ones of God, whether young or old, whether male or female, each according to his capabilities, bestir themselves and spare no efforts to acquire the various current branches of knowledge, both spiritual and secular, and of the arts. Whensoever they gather in their meetings, let their conversation be confined to learned subjects and to information on the knowledge of the day. Abdu'l-Baha from a tablet translated from the Arabic. 56. It is clear that learning is the greatest bestowal of God, that knowledge and the acquirement thereof is a blessing from heaven. Thus is it incumbent upon the friends of God to exert such an effort and strive with such eagerness to promote divine knowledge, culture, and the sciences, that ere long those who are school children today will become the most erudite of all the fraternity of the wise. This is a service rendered unto God himself, and it is one of his inescapable commandments. Abdu'l-Baha from a tablet translated from the Persian. 57. The religion of God is the promoter of truth, the establisher of science and learning, the supporter of knowledge, the civilizer of the human race, the discoverer of the secrets of existence, and the enlightener of the horizons of the world. How, then, could it oppose knowledge? God forbid. On the contrary, in the sight of God, knowledge is the greatest human virtue and the noblest human perfection. To oppose knowledge is pure ignorance, and he who abhors knowledge 
and learning is not a human being, but a mindless animal. For knowledge is light, life, felicity, perfection, and beauty, and causes the soul to draw nigh to the divine threshold. It is the honor and glory of the human realm and the greatest of God's bounties. Knowledge is identical to guidance, and ignorance is the essence of error. Happy are those who spend their days in the pursuit of knowledge, in the discovery of the secrets of the universe, and in the meticulous investigation of truth. Abdu'l-Baha, Some Answered Questions, number 34.9 and 10. 58. All the sciences, branches of learning, arts, inventions, institutions, undertakings, and discoveries have resulted from the comprehension of the rational soul. These were once impenetrable secrets, hidden mysteries, and unknown realities, and the rational soul gradually discovered them and brought them out of the invisible plane into the realm of the visible. This is the greatest power of comprehension in the world of nature and the uttermost limit of its flight is to comprehend the realities, signs, and properties of contingent things. Abdu'l-Baha, Some Answered Questions, number 58.3. 59. Science is the first emanation from God toward man. All created beings embody the potentiality of material perfection. But the power of intellectual investigation and scientific acquisition is a higher virtue specialized to man alone. Other beings and organisms are deprived of this potentiality and attainment. God has created or deposited this love of reality in man. The development and progress of a nation is according to the measure and degree of that nation's scientific attainments. Through this means, its greatness is continually increased, and day by day the welfare and prosperity of its people are assured. Abdu'l-Baha, The Promulgation of Universal Peace, page 67. 60. All the heavenly books, divine prophets, sages, and philosophers agree that warfare is destructive to human development and peace constructive. They agree that war and strife strike at the foundations of humanity. Therefore, a power is needed to prevent war and to proclaim and establish the oneness of humanity. But knowledge of the need of this power is not sufficient. Realizing that wealth is desirable is not becoming wealthy. The admission that scientific attainment is praiseworthy does not confer scientific knowledge. Acknowledgement of the excellence of honor does not make a man honorable. Knowledge of human conditions and the needed remedy for them is not the cause of their betterment. To admit that health is good does not constitute health. 
A skilled physician is needed to remedy existing human conditions. As a physician is required to have complete knowledge of pathology, diagnosis, therapeutics, and treatment, so this world physician must be wise, skillful, and capable before health will result. His mere knowledge is not health. It must be applied and the remedy carried out. The attainment of any object is conditioned upon knowledge, volition, and action. Unless these three conditions are forthcoming, there is no execution or accomplishment. Abdu'l-Bahá, The Promulgation of Universal Peace, pages 217 to 18. 61. Acceptance of the teachings of Baha'u'llah carries with it the commitment to strive for individual spiritual maturity and to participate in collective efforts to build a thriving society and contribute to the common weal. Science and religion are the two inseparable reciprocal systems of knowledge impelling the advancement of civilization. In the words of Abdu'l-Bahá, the progress of the world of humanity dependeth upon knowledge, and its decline is due to ignorance. When the human race gaineth in knowledge, it becometh heavenly, and when it acquireth learning, it taketh on lordly attributes. To seek to acquire knowledge and learning, and to study useful sciences and crafts, are among the fundamental beliefs of the followers of Baha'u'llah. Therefore, the long-term solution you have chosen as a means of counteracting the difficulties imposed upon you in the path of higher education is to engage in constructive collaboration with other proponents of peace and reconciliation to build a progressive and orderly society committed to the promotion of knowledge and social justice. The Universal House of Justice, from a message dated 17 June 2011, to the believers in the cradle of the faith. 62. One of the critical aspects of a conceptual framework that will require careful attention in the years ahead is the generation and application of knowledge. At the heart of most disciplines of human knowledge is a degree of consensus about methodology, an understanding of methods and how to use them appropriately to systematically investigate reality to achieve reliable results and sound conclusions. Baha'is who are involved in various disciplines, economics, education, history, social science, philosophy, and many others, are obviously conversant and fully engaged with the methods employed in their fields. It is they who have the responsibility to earnestly strive to reflect on the implications that the truths found in the revelation may hold for their work. The principle of the harmony of science and religion, faithfully upheld, will ensure that religious belief does not succumb to superstition and that scientific findings are not appropriated by materialism. From a letter dated 24 July 2013 
written on behalf of the Universal House of Justice to a National Spiritual Assembly. 63. Fundamentally, a great share of the Baha'i community's efforts has been directed at addressing the root cause of religious prejudice, ignorance. The perpetuation of ignorance, the House of Justice has stated, is a most grievous form of oppression. It reinforces the many walls of prejudice that stand as barriers to the realization of the oneness of humankind. Access to knowledge is the right of every human being, and participation in its generation, application, and diffusion, a responsibility that all must shoulder in the great enterprise of building a prosperous world civilization each individual according to his or her talents and abilities. This orientation has particularly manifested itself in the Baha'i community's focus on education, which has been a central concern since the inception of the faith, in its efforts to foster in individuals a growing consciousness and capacity to recognize prejudice and to counter it, in its practice of using consultative processes in all its affairs, and in its commitment to the upholding of the dual knowledge systems of science and religion as being necessary for the advancement of civilization. Moreover, the development of the life of the mind and independent investigation of reality, which are highly prized in the Baha'i writings, serve to equip individuals to distinguish truth from falsehood, which is so essential if prejudices, superstitious beliefs, and outworn traditions that impede unity are to be eliminated. Abdu'l-Baha offers the assurance in this respect that once every soul inquireth into truth, society will be freed from the darkness of continually repeating the past. From a letter dated 27 December 2017, written on behalf of the Universal House of Justice to an individual believer.